From the city of 100 Hellos, Brooks, Alberta, Canada, this is the Global Village Podcast with Ahmed Kassim. Hi, my name is Hanan, and I'm here today with a special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? You bet. I'm Martin Shields. Would you like to tell a little bit more about yourself? Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Uh, I've lived in the city of Brooks, for example, since 1976. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in southern Alberta. My family's been here for a number of generations. Uh, immigrated to this part of the country around the turn of the 19th century. But we go back hundreds of years in North America and the families immigrating from various times into North America. So a long time part of North America uh, and in, in Alberta since 1900. Wow, that was a long time. And would you also like to tell us about your career and what you do in the community? You bet. Um, education was important to me. I uh, went to university, mm-hmm. uh, got a political science degree. And what do you do with a political science degree? You go to more university. And (laughs) at that time, I did go to law school and decided, no, I didn't want to do that. And so I moved into education. Mm -hmm. So my career professionally was an educator. Uh, I taught for four years in northern Alberta before coming back to southern Alberta. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then that was Brooks in 1976. So I was a teacher and administrator in the Brooks Brooks area for 30-some years. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah, and I spent 20 years teaching uh, sessional instructor for university courses at the Medicine Hat College as well. Interesting. And was, would you also like to share with us the path to your career goal and any challenges that you faced while you were trying to achieve your goals to become an instructor? Interesting correct, uh, question of career goals. Um, my Mine, in the sense, was to do the best job I could. Mm-hmm. Um and work with smart people. Yeah. Smart people are great to work with. <laughs> yeah. uh, and there's a lot of tremendously smart people. And I was had the advantage of, over my education and career, working with tremendous people. Uh, and I enjoyed working with them. So that furthered my and the goals in the sense of doing the best job I could yeah. as an educator. Mm-hmm. So working with good people, and there was lots of them along my way in that education career. Mm-hmm. And also, I would like to ask you if you have any advice for the youth in this generation on any tips that they can, like, that can help them to achieve their career goals as well. Most decisions that are life-changing or life-altering or setting goals yeah. are internally driven. Mm-hmm. And that commitment has to come from within. Now, there's lots of role models out there. There's a lot of directors that can give you suggestions, but eventually... To succeed, you are going to be, have to be self-driven to get what you need or what you would like to do. So lots of models, lots of people who can say this is how you can do it and give you some directions. Yeah. But eventually, you're going to have to set the menu to achieve what you want to do. Yeah. And my suggestion has always been with youth, get involved with your community. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to be going to school, for example, in K-12 to in a yep. community. Mm-hmm. But what can you do in your community outside of the school? Right. Now, lots of people participate in, in sports and do extracurricular inside school yeah. and in sports outside. But what else can you do as well? So I always suggest is, what can you do for someone else? Mm-hmm. Look to see beyond what you're working for yourself. Part of your goal should be, what can you do for others? 
Wow, that's a really great advice. And I know the youth in this generation would need that. So my other question would be, what advice would you give your younger self now that you've reached this stage? Would you, what would you tell your younger self right now? Tell who? Your younger self. Like, oh, me as a younger yeah, person? Yeah, you. <laughs> so you've gone through, I know you've gone through a lot of things, different experiences. So what advice would you give your younger self? You know, one of the things that I was always, as my parents knew, if they took us somewhere, my parents took us lots of places. Mm-hmm. And at that time, all they had to do was turn me loose in a big museum, uh, turn me loose in a city, even as a kid. I would explore on my own, but I'd find my way back. They were never worried about me um, because it doesn't matter how what age I was. And at young age, yeah. I adventured. And I'd love to adventure. My parents were of that frame of mind. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so exploring, uh, looking at things, seeing things, talking to people, um, I can remember when I took a high school group to, uh, we were in South America, yeah. and we were we had some free time for looking around this huge market. Okay. Where they found me, I found a person sitting at a table, and I sat down, and we started talking, and sure, his, his language was Spanish, but he knew enough English that we had a great hour conversation about his culture, what he did, um, and I always encourage people to talk to yeah. other people. Uh, mm-hmm. expand your horizons, learn about other people, other places. Mm-hmm. So do that as youth. One of the things as school principal, we did a lot of school trips. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it allowed youth to how to learn how to travel, mm-hmm. but they experienced different cultures, mm-hmm. and it broadened their world. And yeah. I think that's really important to venture out outside your comfort <laughs> zone that you're familiar with yeah. and, and enjoy those other things out there that are fantastic in our world. Thank you so much. That was a really great advice that I myself could take home. So I would be going to my adventures. And I would like to add one more question here. You bet. Would you like to tell us um, a little bit about John Ware? One of the things in the sense of in my ancestors who moved into this area, uh, at that time there was a lot of people moved here. It was open mm-hmm. prairie. Yeah. There was those who were actually attempting to farm the land Mm -hmm. and that was tough but there was the cattle industry and a lot of this settlement occurred here on the prairies in this particular area in southern alberta was the cattle Mm -hmm. the cattle people Mm -hmm. who drove in the herds from the south and started the cattle ranges Mm -hmm. well john ware was part of that culture he came out of the southern united states out of cowboy Mm -hmm. country out of oklahoma that area where there was a lot of people that that understood the cattle industry Mm And he came north with a lot of other people in the cattle industry. And it was a tough life. Um, I had a great uncle that came into this part of the country in that time period. Mm-hmm. He stayed a year, and that was enough for him, and he moved <laughs> back south. Okay. My grandfather, on the other hand, stayed. But it, it was tough. But John mm-hmm. Ware was of that cowboy mentality, understood mm-hmm. the cattle industry, yeah. and was one of those forebears of this area in the sense of breaking up the land in the mm-hmm. sense of not farming but for cattle <laughs> so uh and, and i think in that time frame it it was as everybody was new to the area uh from my understanding of people in reading uh john ware was one of those guys that was mm-hmm. part of the community and part of the cattle people out there and respected for his skills that he brought with him yep. uh that he'd learned along the way and was a respected cattle rancher in the area Great. 
And I'm sure you've had a lot of experience within the community. Would you like to tell us also what the importance of diversity in the community? It, you know, and I use, I get right down to the very simplest of terms when I do this. And some people said, well, you know, that's too simple. <laughs> I said, so why are there so many flavors of ice cream? Why? To get a different taste. And do people just stay with it all the time the same? No. Some some people do, they, but a lot of us venture and try other ones. We have our favorites. Yeah. What kind of a boring world would it be if there was only one flavor of ice cream? Too boring. You got it. <laughs> Dull. It would absolutely. Now, I mean, that's taking it back to a very, very simplistic level. Yeah. But I use that as an example because people can relate to it. Yeah. They understand that. They look at the ice creams on the store on the yeah. shelf. Uh, but it, it, the diversity brings different things in our lives, different foods, different yeah. thoughts, different ways of looking at the world in general. Mm -hmm. And I think all of those things make it richer for everybody when that happens. You have that opportunity. Yeah. Wow. That was a great response. Thank you. You're welcome. And would you also like to tell us a little bit about the experience when you were elected as a mayor? You bet. Um, and, I, and I often tell people the best political position you can have out there is the mayor of a community. Mm -hmm. um, when you're a mayor of a community, you see all the good things that happen in a community. You get invited to so many good things that are mm -hmm. happening, and you get to see all those good things. You work with a group of people in council to try to do the best you can for your community. Mm -hmm. And so when those good things that you work at happen, it's <laughs> yeah. fantastic to see them because municipalities do tend to get things done much quicker than any other level of government because yep. it's right there in their community. Mm -hmm. And you work with the local people to do and accomplish the goals for that community. Mm -hmm. So it's very centered on that community. It's very focused. So being a mayor of a community in the city of Brooks during a time where we had a lot of change, mm -hmm. um, we had a lot of things that happened. When I first moved here, the community went from 3,000 to 10,000 in very few years, oh, and wow. that was the oil boom that happened back in the 70s. Mm -hmm. But back when I became mayor, there was a different boom. Mm -hmm. It was an immigration boom that was different. The world wow. came to Brooks. Mm -hmm. Back in the 70s, Saskatchewan yeah. came to Brooks. <laughs> But in, in the, uh, when I was mayor, the rest of the world came to Brooks, mm -hmm. which was phenomenal. It really changed it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I remember being at a conference, um, and Mayor Nench in Calgary was speaking ahead of me, and, and he talked about, if you want to see where integration works, don't mm -hmm. come to Calgary, go to Brooks. And I'm listening to him, and we should have hired him as a salesman, because he said, <laughs> you go to Brooks, he said, it doesn't matter what culture you are, you're all on the same streets, shopping mm -hmm. in the same stores. Mm -hmm going to the same schools, going to many events together. He said, that's what integration is about, and that's what happened in Brooks. Mm -hmm. We had a tremendous number of people. That's why I worked with Ahmed Kasim mm -hmm. as one of the leading people in, in working yeah. with our community mm -hmm. and the things of, of how do we work to make this happen in, in the most positive ways. Yeah. And it was that kind of leadership that came from all parts of the community wanting mm -hmm. to make it work. Sure. Did Was there problems? Was there challenges? But there was many more positives. Yeah. The community was recognized in many different ways for what the people did in this community to make it a more positive and inclusive community. Yeah. And I was just lucky and honored to be part of that as the mayor of it to see this happen here. And how will we bring back the youth to back to their communities? 
That that is a real interesting question in the sense of, as as you know, I spent a lot of time uh, teaching with youth uh, and working with youth as a principal, as a teacher. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time on and as I became mayor, uh, as working as well, is we need to attract people to our community, but how do we keep those people who grew up in the community interested in coming back? Yeah. And I think one of the things we did was we worked with the medical people in hosting uh, events where they would bring medical students, and mm-hmm. we were looking at ones who were particularly rural, yeah. who had been in rural communities and saying, there is a career here. There is a life back here. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, so that's one of the things that you try to work at is finding in your community those things that are the positives that say quality of life in a rural mm-hmm. community can be really good. Yeah. And so you work on those things to say, yes, go to university. Get, mm-hmm. Do your career things that you want to be. Yeah. But the opportunities in a rural lifestyle are significantly positive. And for our last question, what's your favorite song? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> My favorite music is classic instrumental. So if you fire up the orchestra with music from <laughs> Mozart, Liszt, the famous pianist from hundreds of years ago, um, you know, I really enjoy the classical music and mm-hmm. I enjoy the instrumental. So that's sort of... When I have the opportunity to listen to music, instrumental is is really what I prefer, and classic music is fantastic. And would you like to suggest one song that we can uh, play to our audience? Good luck with that one. (laughs) 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 But if you picked anything from Liszt, Mm -hmm. the famous pianist, pick anything from that, that would be fantastic. Great. I will include the song at the end of the podcast. Make sure you stay along and I hope you enjoy. I want to take this chance to thank you kindly for joining us. We really enjoyed and I hope you enjoyed too. Well, thank you. appreciate you asking. Thanks. So here we go. Friends List Love Dream. This has been the Global Village Podcast with Ahmed Kassim. For more information, go to globalvillagecenter.ca.